everybody and welcome to another episode of the roto grinders nba morning grind i'm justin carlucci here with the Iceman keith eister what's going on buddy it's good to have you on an nba morning grind yeah excited to jump on and talk a little hoops um i'm traveling this week so i'm i'm actually up in illinois uh visiting my family so uh kind of middle of the nowhere um hopefully the internet holds up here but just apologies in advance if we have some hiccups along the way but uh we should be good here. I think we've got everything straightened out pre-show, but yeah, excited to got a big slate here to talk about. So excited to get into it. Yeah. And you know, Keith and I are going to go game by game here and we're going to predict who's going to be put into health and safety protocols by 12 o'clock uh, <laughs> on Wednesday. So uh, we're, we're going to nail this thing. Uh, I'm just kidding, but what a mess, what a mess it is for Wednesday already. Tuesday, complete disaster. You know, you think you're going to have a ton of Harden exposure, then Bruce Brown and Harden get ruled out around dinner time, and the Nets are playing with what seven players. So it's just, uh, it's ugly. It's ugly right now everywhere, and not only in the sports world, but clearly, you know, these guys are getting tested every day, pretty much. It's brutal. Uh, I'm getting deja vu of of Rudy Gobert not coming back on the court and 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 kicking off the the pandemic, and and then I'm getting deja vu. Of, using my bankroll for outlaw tour golf and things like that, Keith. And I hope we don't go down that route again, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, now that we have actually had some games postponed with the, the bull situation, like it, it gets scary and hopefully we don't have head back to those waters, but um, yeah, it, hopefully it's, it stays relatively under control, but just a, a nightmare to try to figure out early in the day for sure. Like you said, but we'll do our best here. And if, if things change, then they end up changing. And for you fantasy sports traditionalists, you season-long footballers, which I still play in a couple season-long leagues. I uh, I don't know if you do, Keith, or not, but what a brutal week to begin the playoffs with all, with all the health and safety protocols, losing some key players here or there. Are you in any season-long leagues this year? Uh, I'm in one dynasty league is all. Um, but, yeah, it's <laughs> – there. I think NFL had a record for the season. Uh, 30-something players got put on the list. So, yeah, tough, tough scenes all around. Tough scenes. Well, we're going to get work our way through it here. Let's just dive right into it. Atlanta and Orlando is the first game, one of three seven o'clock Eastern games on the big slate we have here. Trey Young all the way up at 10-1 on FanDuel. Cole Anthony, 8,100. Most players in this game are priced accordingly. Franz Wagner's been really good. He's up to 63. You know, don't know what the upside is there, but he has a decent floor. Jalen Suggs has been out for a while. You know, DeAndre Hunter on Atlanta side has been out for a while. I I just feel like this is a game where we're going to have so much other news, and we already have some, that I'm just – nothing really excites me about this one, and I'm a little less willing to try to figure it out to jam in anybody from this game. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Obviously, a little bit of risk of blowout um, with a, who we expect to be a playoff team in Atlanta facing off against Orlando. Um, Trey Young priced up. I don't know that I 
trust Orlando to keep it close enough for him to hit a ceiling here. Um, I don't mind some of the Atlanta value. Like Herder has a decent price on DraftKings, 5,400. Uh, Cam Reddish still working his way back from the injury. He did see a good amount of minutes. Um, it depends on news, obviously. If, if we get a ton of news again, you probably don't need the value, but he is just 3,800 on DraftKings. So um, if he's one of the only value pieces we have, maybe you look there. Um, but probably not paying up for any studs on Atlanta. And then the Orlando side, I don't know. Wendell Carter Jr.'s priced up. Cole Anthony's priced up. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Not, not a lot to like in this game. Yeah, I mean, Cole Anthony could be one of those large field plays. Uh, you know, he's up to 81 on Fandle. He's been pretty good in most games. I mean, 20-plus points in five of his last six. You know, uh, not much on the defensive end, though, which at 81, he kind of needs a steal and a block unless – he just has ignorant peripherals, which he's flashed in the past. But I just – I'm not going to have a ton of this game. You know, John Collins is right smack in that mid-7K range where who knows when to guess when he's going to have his monster game. He played 25 minutes against Houston. That game had a billion points, and he had 24 FanDuel points. So, I I don't know. Nothing really excites me about this one on either side. I, I don't know. You want to head on to Houston and Cleveland? Yeah, I think we can find a little bit more to work with there. Cleveland Cavaliers. Are they going to be a playoff team this season? You know what? They've looked really good. Um, and I'm definitely excited to play them on this slate. Houston um, has played at the fastest pace in the NBA. Not very good on defense. Um, so I think there's some pieces to look at here for Cleveland. Um, I, Mobley is the one that stands out on DraftKings, 6,900. Um, I, I do like Garland a good amount as well. He's at 7,900. And then Jared Allen has found a couple of ceiling games here this, this season showing off um, big upside that he hasn't really in the past. So I'm always fine playing him in tournaments. Um, I like some of the value. Uh, Markkinen is fine. 5,100 Rubio. I, I do like a good amount at 5k. Uh, and then Kevin Love, we saw get a little bit of extra run. Uh, he was up to 24 minutes in the last game. Uh, price is still hovering in the high four K's. Um, don't mind taking some stabs on that. Maybe you don't need it if a ton of news breaks, but um, he's he's a decent value play as as we're talking about this early in the day. Isaac Okoro stringing together three straight, <laughs> straight, you know, three straight good games. He seems like you know last year and and earlier this season, you know, he's a guy who's playing thirty plus and just doesn't produce. I don't know. Are, are we on the verge of of seeing a breakout? Is it fluky? I don't know, but, you know, 30-plus minutes as usual kind of thing. Um, yeah, he, you know, generally, depending on what's going on, he plays at least, you know, high 20s into the 30s. So, I don't know. Okoro's one to keep an eye on. If he has another good game, you might see his price jump a little bit. But, yeah, 69 on DraftKings is a great price for Mobley. 73 on, on FanDuel is, is still fine, you know, coming off a game where he really didn't do a lot of scoring, but – I think there's plenty of chances for blocks and steals upside here too against this Rockets team that you were talking about. So I do like Mobley and, and Garland, even at 75, I think he offers a, a super high floor. His peripherals have been great, especially without Colin Sexton. And that was a, a knock on him last season. He was very scoring dependent, but now he he's willing to distribute the ball. His assist rate is up. He plays a little bit of defense now. And so I like the pace for Garland. So I'm with you, Garland and Mobley, if I'm prioritizing anybody from the Cleveland side of things. 
And Mark Kennan, you know, very inconsistent. Him, Shetty Osman, Kevin Love all kind of eat at each other's minutes. So, unfortunately, you know, it's tough to pick between those three for single entry type builds. Anything else on Cleveland or do you want to segue into Houston side of things? I think that covers it for Cleveland. Let's hop on over to Houston. Eric Gordon's out. At least we know something for Wednesday. <laughs> Christian Wood questionable. So there, there's another big one. Christian Wood questionable. Obviously would open up even more usage. It, it would kind of be screaming Jay Sean Tate. Even without Eric Gordon, I think Jay Sean Tate is well in the conversation. 6,300. He's most likely a lock for, I don't know, 32 to 35 plus maybe without Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon's been playing monster minutes. So I like Jashan Tate quite a bit on this slate. He's the my first glance here. If Christian Wood is out, hypothetically, I will really be prioritizing Tate on Wednesday's slate. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think Tate is even is in play, even if Wood is in there. I agree with you. Um, just 5,800 on DraftKings. So very nice price. That, I mean, we had seen him up close to 7K after he had put up a couple of big games, but that, that price has come back down. Um, without Porter in there and without Gordon, he should like be very involved in the offense. Uh, if Wood comes, if Wood doesn't play, I think he's, he's going to be highly owned as he should be. Uh, Armani Brooks is a, a value piece that we've played for the better part of a week or two now. Um, his price is on the rise, uh, up to 5,500 on DraftKings. So it's, it's difficult to get there, but he's shown in the past that he can pay that off. So, um, probably more of a tournament play now that the price is up, but I don't mind him. And then Garrison Matthews, uh, is a guy that has really like stepped up on offense and he's, he's been shooting the ball a ton. Um, he's 4,700 on DraftKings. Uh, with, with Gordon and Porter out again, they, they need somebody to score on offense. And if Wood ends up getting rolled out, all these guys are going to be like just smash values. I think there's cause for concern, though, what Mr. Silas is doing with his rotation. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at the game flow. It, it looks like their game against Atlanta was competitive, 132 to 126. Kevin Herter, John Collins, Trey Young. Gallinari all finished the game. Garrison, the whole the whole starting unit did not play the fourth quarter, except Eric Gordon played half of it, half of the fourth quarter. Tate played a couple minutes. He left the second unit in since their third quarter insertion into the lineup. They all played the fourth quarter. Nawaba played, uh, what, uh, eight or nine minutes of the fourth. Sengun played 11 minutes. DJ Augustine played just about the whole fourth quarter. Ken, Kenny Martin Jr., Played the whole fourth quarter. Josh Christopher played six minutes in the fourth, five minutes in the fourth. Oh, no. Like, that just mucks the waters, man. I I don't know what's going on there. What are your thoughts? Am I missing something here? I think if I'm remembering the game, uh, Houston was down pretty big, and they made a run on Atlanta. So I'm guessing he just stuck with that unit that that had made the run. Um, And I believe they they ended up winning, right? I I get it. Yeah, that's just so Luke Walton-ish. It bothers me a little bit. You know, he, we've seen Luke do some hockey changes with with Sacramento. And guess what? He's not coaching anymore. Thank God. But I, I understand some coaches, you know, keep the hot second unit in. But, you know, what if the game's a dozen points going into the fourth? Are you not going to? I don't know. Are you not going to play Christian Wood? That sucks. I don't know. <laughs> a little scary. But let's just hope it's competitive from the rip and uh, and we won't have to worry about that. But if they're down more bodies, like if they're down Eric Gordon and down – 
potentially would, you would think a guy like Tate should should be in the mix regardless of what the score is, unless it's a complete slaughter. But just something to look at if you're looking at game flows or trying to figure something out. I get it. Stay with the hot hand. It's just, I don't know, reminds me of Luke Walton or like a Mike Mal- or a Popovich move or like Mike Malone does it sometimes. I don't know. So what are your thoughts? Like guys like Sengun, we can't expect a ta- like 24 minutes from them frequently, right? I mean, if there's injuries, if we're missing some bodies, there, there's a chance, I guess. Yeah, I, I won't go too deep into Houston's depth um, unless Wood is out. If Wood is out, that's going to make all of these guys in play. But if Wood is in there, it's I'm probably just looking at at Wood. Um, though he, I mean, he's priced up, but a guy that's shown a huge ceiling this year. Um, Tate would be a top play for me. Um, probably sprinkle in some Brooks and maybe get to some Matthews, but I wouldn't touch anything outside of that if if Wood was in there. What, what are the DK prices on Brooks and some of these guys you're talking about? So Brooks came up a little bit, but he's still 5,500 um, guy that's shown the, the ability to put up mid thirties DraftKings points on a couple occasions. So I think he's still fine at 5,500 um, Matthews at 4,700 Shingun at 4,500. Um, so okay. I mean, nothing, nothing that really stands out, but they're, they're all fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in Tate regardless. I agree. Yep. You know, I do worry about Cleveland's pace and, you know, they play uh, a pretty solid uh, third, third best defensive efficiency. So I do worry about having too much exposure if, if their guy, if most of their guys are in, you know, if Wood plays, uh, but if not, then yeah, I think Deshaun Tate for both formats. I'm with you there. Let's move on to uh, Miami at Philadelphia and hooray. We know some more things. We know Jimmy Butler's not playing. We know Bam's not playing. However, Tyler Hero is questionable, and that's a big one. And Caleb Martin is out. So still some uncertainty here, uncertainty. Kyler Lowry, 7K. Kyler Lowry, I just made up a name. Kyle Lowry, 7K, which is still extremely fair uh, with with the usage that is and, and could be available especially if Tyler Hero's out. So I'm okay with paying for Lowry because of his unique situation. He's shown a pretty high floor. We're getting to that point where I don't know what the upside is, but he also really hasn't played much without Hero. Hero shared court time with him in pretty much all these games to some extent or another. So if Tyler Hero's out, I have a ton of interest in Lowry. Now, I'm curious what his price is on DraftKings, though, Keith. Yeah, he's he's higher priced on DraftKings, eighty one hundred. So it, it's difficult to get him. Um, much more difficult than on FanDuel, at least. Yeah, for sure. I, I think he's definitely in the cards for cash games on FanDuel at that price, depending on what else opens up. But you know, he's been really consistent. The Sixers haven't blown anybody out in a really long time, and they've dealt with a bunch of issues themselves. So I do like Lowry, Duncan Robinson. I said it once. I'll say it again. I never get the guy right. But if Tyler Hero misses. And Caleb Martin is out. You have to have a little bit of GPP interest in Duncan Robinson, even though he only does one thing, and that's shoot the ball. Yeah, so shooting dependent. Never a fun guy to roster. Um, but if he's if he's making his three pointers, he's in play. Um, PJ Tucker's price is up to fifty three hundred on DraftKings. Um, I mean, he's played really well here recently. But I don't know if I can pay fifty three hundred for for PJ Tucker. Um, Deadman is at 5,100. I think I would have more interest in that. 
Um, I don't really have interest outside of those guys. If hero is in, um, if hero is out, like Gabe Vincent's prices come up because the heat of, had so many guys miss games here recently. Uh, he's 4,500. I don't love that. He'll probably pop into the starting lineup, um, but still don't love paying 4,500 for Vincent. Yeah, he's 47 on FanDuel, and I'm probably going to pump the brakes there as well. He would have to have a, a decent outlier to crush on this slate, and and I really do think there will be better options that open up. I, I think I think what we've seen this week in terms of you know COVID protocols is probably just the beginning of the domino effect for the foreseeable future, man. So I don't love Vincent either, but I'm sure he'll garner some ownership. So uh, anyway, Dwayne Dedman, 56 center only. I don't know. Tough on FanDuel as well. Philadelphia side of things, Ben Simmons out because he's soft. Just kidding. I had to throw a jab in there. I just want this to be over. Anyway, Embiid, come on, guys. Come on, guys. The Memphis late scratch after the game, quote unquote, locked. I don't see him missing this one, you know, is my best guess, although he's a GTD. Embiid's up at 10-5 on FanDuel. Tobias Harris in his normal, you know, price threshold at 7,300. Typically doesn't have a ton of upside at that price, but typically will give you a floor. Tyrese Maxey, 6,300. I just haven't played him since Embiid has been back. Look at his numbers. Look at his usage rates. When he shares the court with Embiid, he just hasn't figured it out. How? And I've seen a little bit of content about Maxi coexisting, kind of touching the the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg here with the situation. It's, he's just, you know, Embiid commands so much usage and so many touches, and I think Maxi has to figure it out. So I don't have a ton of interest in Maxi. You know, Seth Curry is questionable. His brother broke the three-point record if you didn't hear about it anywhere else. So just had to throw that in there. If Seth Curry sits, I guess I have slight interest in Maxi, but I'm still probably going to pass. But I think that helps like Shake Milton uh, and probably even Tobias for a couple more shots in that lineup. But, you know, outside of Embiid for tournaments, I don't have a ton of interest in Philly, I guess. Yeah, I don't really either. Um, tough matchup against Miami. I think it would be Embiid or or nothing if he is in if he's out even i'm not i mean drummond would be like the top value on the slate if Embiid was out he's 4700 on DraftKings. um harris would would be in play as well at 7400 the the guards are are tougher to figure out um obviously would depend on what curry did yeah i mean maxi becomes a much better play but i still don't love paying 6100 for him um, shake at 4,400 would be appealing as a value option. Yeah, it's a good price for shake. I'm with you on that. Anything else from this game or should we carry on to the next one? Keep going. All right. The next game, the Lakers at Dallas. And obviously the big news here is Luca is still out. Um, man, I mean, he's going to miss what a couple of games. So we're not sure when we're going to see Luca back in action again. Jalen Brunson's price is up, you know, 67 on DK. Did you say Keith, what are your thoughts on him at that price? Yeah. 67. I mean, like he's not the just auto jam that that he has been in the past. Now that we've had a couple of games without Luca Um, and he hasn't really hit a ceiling here in a long time. Um, 
So I, I mean, he's definitely fadeable. Usually when, when Luke is out, you just, you jam in as much Dallas as you can, but I'm not near as excited to do it. Uh, it is a decent spot against the Lakers who play fast, but the prices are, are correcting and it's tough to play many of these Dallas guys. Now Porzingis just completely smashed in the last game. Um, he's so inconsistent though. He's at 8,600 on DraftKings. Um, I mean, you, you basically need a, a ceiling for him to pay that off. So I, I'm saying I don't have as much interest as I feel like I should with Luca out in these guys. Um, even Hardaway, like he's been coming off the bench and hasn't been very good recently. Um, Finney Smith is somebody who's played well, but that's never a fun roster. Um, just nothing like it's not standing out as much as I feel like it should be without Luca. Yeah, I agree. It, Porzingis' price is tough. Brunson is 62 on FanDuel. Uh, much like Lowry, the price is up, but I feel like for cash games, I feel like as of now, I f- he would be in the conversation with Lowry as two guys with pretty high floors still because of their roles. 7 p.m. Eastern rolls around on Wednesday. Maybe things will be different. He doesn't pop as much, but I still am okay with 62 for Brunson. Finney Smith is the same player. Same player with or without Luca, in my opinion. <laughs> Just not a usage guy. Blocks and steals. Sometimes gets hot, you know? So he's tough to play regardless. Uh, Trey Burke had a little bit of run. He did play three minutes of garbage time. So we take that away. He hovered around that 20-minute mark, but he was really good. Uh, I'm wondering if maybe we see a little more Trey Burke because of his strong play against Charlotte. Trey Burke was a regular in this rotation last season for, for most of the season. So I don't know. Maybe it's time to bring him back a little bit here without Luca. I'm talking about very large field, 1% ownership type deal that, that that's pretty much it. Uh, Yeah. Tough to play a lot of these guys and it's a price thing. You're right, Keith. Well, uh, Trey Burke is very cheap on, on DraftKings 3,600. So I, I don't hate that call at all. I like it. Lakers side of things, Anthony Davis, forever questionable, forever a nightmare. At least it's a 730 Eastern game, so we should get that news. LeBron is probable. I just keep getting this wrong. I've I've been I've made a lot of right calls this season, predicting who's in or who's out, who might rest, who won't. I, I keep getting them wrong. I just felt like they need continuity as much as they could get right now. And they keep resting, load managing these guys. Mostly Anthony Davis. If he's out, I have interest in LeBron. I do. I think maybe the game stays close enough. He's been really good per minute. 61, 61, 61. <laughs> 39, yeah, the, 48, 59, 50. I mean, he's been good, man. He's been playing a lot too. Yeah, that, that, that'll work out. I mean, we, we definitely um, pay for that. If, if all three of them are in, it's so difficult to play these guys. Um, so I probably need AD out on such a big slate to get to them. Um, if he's in, I don't have a ton of interest. If he's out, I'll play some LeBron. Um, just going to continue fading Westbrook. Um, just, I mean, kind of what we all thought and that he's just, is not a fit in this team. Uh, LeBron dominates the ball. Westbrook doesn't play well without the ball. Um, so it just doesn't work. Um, LeBron, if AD's out, otherwise I'm, I'm not very interested. I agree. Talon Hutton Torker, Talon Horton Tucker in protocols. Does that, do anything for you with anybody else on this team? 
there's just not very many intriguing names down here. Malik Monk, I guess, would be the one I'd throw out. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in playing Carmelo. Definitely not playing Avery, Avery Bradley. Um, yeah, Malik Monk and just hope hope that he uh, put some points in the bucket is the best I, I've got. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much LeBron or nobody for me on the Lakers side of things. So uh, I'm with you there. Well, let's keep going on here. Almost halfway through this mess. New Orleans at Oklahoma City. Two young, sloppy teams going at it. We know Lou Dort is out, so at least we know something. <laughs> um, Brandon Ingram all the way up at 8,800 on FanDuel. SGA 8,600. We've seen that price increase. He was on a, a big heater for a while and kind of came back down to earth right when he got that price bump um, and had has pretty much played two pretty terrible games in a row. Valanciunas, 7,600. You know, if this game's closed, he'll probably be pretty popular because he'll give you a super high floor, and we know what his ceiling is at that price. I'm just going down the list here, some of these prices. Darius Baisley, all the way up to 5,900. Don't know what his upside is there, especially without Dort. Um, You know, a lot of volatility, but a lot of decent large field tournament plays in this game. Start start with Oklahoma City for me, Keith, since we know Dort is out. Uh, one guy I'm kind of looking at is Josh Giddy. He's been pretty good and typically plays at least 30 minutes, but uh, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out how much Dort's absence will help him. Yeah. I don't know. Like Dort isn't a, a big usage guy on offense. So I don't know how much that matters. And the, like the defense, I don't know if Oklahoma city keeps it close without Dort is, is the issue I'm having. Uh, I think it'd be SGA for me just because he's the, he's the guy with the big ceiling, 8,800 on DraftKings. It's I mean, not a, not a great price, but SGA definitely has a ceiling. Um, Giddy's at 6,700. I, I mean, I, I think he's still playable at that price, but probably not somebody that I'll like actively seek out and try to uh, get in like as much as possible, but he'll be a part of my pool. Uh, Baisley has a much more attractive price on DraftKings. He's 4,600. Um, so if Dort was out, maybe that opens up a few extra minutes for him. I got um, some numbers would, for you. Can, 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 I'll right. give you some numbers to work with. Go ahead. Just use our Cord IQ tool. Now, here, here's the conversation where how much stock do you see? How much stock do you put into seeing a usage bump, but not really the, the fantasy point increase when you see, you know, he takes someone off the court? For example, I took Lou Dort off the court. And it gave Josh Giddy a 3% usage bump, except like his numbers are worse over 200 plus minutes. So I think this is a fun open-ended conversation. Are you okay with just seeing the usage bump regardless, or is there some kind of correlation with why his fantasy point output would be worse? I mean, I don't know what, if it, anything jumps out immediately, but the, the, the usage bump is intriguing just because he's more involved, which theoretically should hit, give him more opportunity to score fantasy points. Um, so I'm not that concerned that the fantasy point production isn't there necessarily. I'm, I'm more interested in the opportunity. Um, maybe he had an off shooting night or something. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not talking about a, a huge sample here with a rookie. So um, I'm, I'm willing to chalk that up to, variance in shooting or or something else but. yeah i mean it's, it's 200 minutes and and i want to bring up sga too i mean like 167 minutes this season is 
that's what I'm looking at with Dort off the court and SGA. You know, I'm looking at his numbers. Is that do you consider that a small sample of minutes, or is that is like can you is there some validation behind anything you see with like 160 plus minutes? A little bit of a small sample, but I think it's enough data that we should be paying attention to it. So let me let me tell you this, and I want to see what SGA's prop opens up, especially since he's been so bad. SGA gets a 3.7% usage bump, 167 minutes without Dort. Almost seven more real points per game and about seven more fantasy points per game. So there might be something there. I'm curious to see where he gets projected. That That's a pretty substantial uh, increase. Um and, and and I think like the the good the good to back SGA in these numbers is he's the usage guy on this team as it is you know so like he's he's the alpha scorer he's a little bit pricey but I think that's interesting I don't know what are your thoughts on that Yeah I I, I like taking some shots on SGA in this spot um, I don't think the ownership will get out of control on him um, don't not fearful of the matchup against the Pelicans at all so I think it's a good spot for SGA. Yeah, you know, I just did la- – obviously, things were different, but I took Dort off over the last two seasons, gave us almost 500 minutes of SGA, 4.8% usage bump, 4.6 more real points per 36. So there's definitely some kind of some kind of substance there. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that the bump is real, for sure. Cool, so that's something to look at. Could be a nice tournament play after two clunkers, and maybe I'll write them up on scores and odds. Listen, it's 11.30 Eastern here, p.m. We're recording late. I'm not trying to let the cat out of the bag, but I, we both had a long day. <laughs> and I know I can barely pronounce guys' names tonight. But we have some breaking news. Dwight Howard and Malik Monk placed in health and safety protocols already. Oh, it's not, it's not, the podcast <laughs> isn't even out yet. So let's, let's backtrack since you just talked about <laughs> Malik Monk. So Monk is out. Horton Tucker's out. Dwight Howard's out. There might be more, right? There might be more guys that have been. Yeah, unfortunately, we, we do see. Yeah, once once a couple of guys pop up. I mean, like with the Bulls situation, it was over the course of a couple of days. Like it was just seemed like every day they had two or three more guys hitting the COVID list. Um, so definitely have to keep an eye on the situation. Is Carmelo going to be like a gross tournament option? Yeah, he is. That, that's yeah. exactly where I was going with it. Uh, what's his price over there? <laughs> 4,200 on DraftKings. Oh, see, he's 47 on FanDuel. I'd much rather play him at 42, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and then it depends on Davis, too. Obviously, if if Davis ends up missing, he's going to get a ton of run. But I think he's in play even, even without Howard and Monk. He should see a good amount of minutes. And, I mean, are they just going to? Like, if Davis is in, are they going to roll him out of the five? Or are they going to bring DeAndre Jordan back again in the rotation? Well, the Lakers are going to be the Nets of of Tuesday. It's the Lakers Wednesday, it looks like. Yep. But I think just from gut here, without a ton of data on the fly, I, I think Carmelo's probably going to garner some ownership. And um, you know what? Like, at least when he's on the court, he likes to get the shots up. I mean, if there's anything there's any reason to feel good about that it's that's that's what it is and yeah if anthony davis is out if he if anthony davis is out too you you almost have to prioritize carmelo i suppose oh yeah i mean he should be a jam at that point 
mean, what do you, he gets over 30 minutes, you'd have to think, right, if Davis can't play. Yeah, and, I, and they would have to use DeAndre Jordan, too, at 4K on FanDuel. Yeah. It, I, they have no other options. There's no, yeah. no, no one else to throw out there. So I, I think we're going to be talking DeAndre Jordan and, and Carmelo potentially by the time, you know, Wednesday night rolls around. So Yeah, I mean, outside of Carmelo, you're, you'd be looking at, like, Avery Bradley, Wayne Ellington. Oh, um, man. Yeah. I don't know if Jordan ends up popping in there, but yeah, none of the names are are intriguing. This this is shaping up to be a monster usage spot for LeBron, man. It, it could be right. It could be yes. it could be a monster LeBron usage uh, game. Anyway, back to the OKC. Like, they're going to be Go fairly ahead. in it because just because Luca's out on the other side, so it's not like I mean, as long as one of LeBron or Westbrook are active, like it's it's not like they're at huge risk of getting blown out. So they're gonna right. they're gonna be in play for sure. Agreed. And I think Dallas is scrappy enough that it'll be a competitive game. So that became suddenly an interesting game as, as we're recording. So I'm glad we got that out of the way and I will keep my notifications on because the news doesn't stop. Apparently Jeez. (laughs) anyway. Yeah. SGA. uh, If you're joining back with us here is uh, getting a usage bump, you know, Josh Giddy much more in play on FanDuel. I'm surprised by that price on DK. It's only 58 on FanDuel. I don't love it, but. I, you know, I don't, what did you say? Giddy 67 on draft yeah, 67 significantly I, more. Yeah, so we're not, that's paying. tough. Yeah. We're yeah. not doing that. We're not doing that. So I guess that's pretty much it on the OKC side of things. You know, anybody that I'm taking seriously right now, anyway, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, anybody else on OKC? If not bring me into new Orleans. Um, just Kenrich Williams is 3,500. He's been up and down, but a guy that's, that's stepped in and played some minutes when they've been shorthanded in the past uh, don't love it just want to throw him out there as well over on the, the new orleans side um ingram priced up but man the dude's been playing incredible here recently he's been over over 50 in in three of his last five um he's 9200 but with a ceiling like that against a, a bad team like oklahoma city i think you can definitely take some shots on him uh, valentunas is is another guy who's shown a ceiling. I wouldn't play them together because they're both priced up. But uh, if you want to take one or the other in tournaments, I like that. Um, Josh Hart is still fine. It, I mean, 6,300, we've, we've paid less than that most of the year, um, but he's been pretty good this year. If he fits a lineup, I don't hate it. Devontae Graham, I'll probably avoid, just <laughs> hasn't been, hasn't been good for a long time. Um, same, same with Alexander Walker, Herb Jones, like not, not, not really interested in the, the bottom end guys. Yeah, I agree. And I think Ingram's a guy not a lot of people are going to pay for. And maybe we're, are we seeing flashes of peripheral Ingram again? He started the season, you know, ripping down boards and distributing and kind of disappeared for a while, but you know, seven boards, nine dimes against the Spurs against Denver, eight boards, five dimes, eight rebounds, 12 dimes against Dallas. So He's been scoring the basketball. That has never been the issue with Brandon Ingram. It's what else is he going to give you? And he's had more games than not this season where he's given you the rest of the recipe to uh, crush value. So I think Ingram is certainly an interesting play here. And I'll tell you what, if you stack this up with Ingram and SGA, you'll probably be unique in uh, larger field tournaments for sure. Yep. Here comes a fun one. Pacers at Milwaukee and Giannis is out historically that means you run to Chris Middleton and Drew. Well, what if I told you Chris Middleton's questionable? This is just going to be a disaster. 
of a slate. <laughs> Use your bankroll wisely, folks, because it's probably going to be a week or two of surprises when games lock and late news and good luck having a social life or having dinner or whatever working. <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. You got to be stay on top of these things. So Giannis is out. Uh, you know, what are your prices on Drew Middleton and, and the rest of this supporting cast over there on DraftKings? Yeah, the guy I know I want to play is Drew Holiday, 7,500. Um, no Giannis. Definitely has a monster ceiling. Should see a huge increase in usage. Um, Holiday's big time in play. Middleton depends on the injury status, obviously. This feed has been hard to figure out this season. Um, he's, he's had a couple of chances without Giannis this season and, like, surprisingly has failed in those those spots. Um I guess just have to pay attention to the injury, see how it plays out. If he's active, I think you got to take some shots. I'm not that excited about it. He's he's 7,200. It's a fine price, um, but he, I mean, he's failed in this spot before, so I I won't jam him in as much as I would Holiday. Uh, Portis is in play for sure, 7,100. Um, we've seen him step up and have ceiling games when Giannis misses. I think uh, Divincenzo, I believe, is supposed to come back for this game as well. Yes, he is. Uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. I have no idea what to expect from a minute. I, I imagine he'll be somewhat limited in his first game of the season, um, but have to keep an eye on that. I think that, that cuts into Grayson Allen's playing time a little bit and Pat Connaughton maybe too. So I don't know. I don't have a good handle on how this rotation shakes out at this point, but definitely something to keep an eye on because they're all, all going to be in play at these prices with no Giannis. And if, if Middleton's out, then, I mean – it may not matter. They're all going to play. Open the floodgates. Yeah. Yeah. And Grayson Allen's 4K has just been so bad. But if Middleton is out, I have more interest in, in Allen if Middleton's out, just from probably a volume standpoint. I mean, he's, he's been running, but he'll, he'll get some more shots up if Middleton's out. Bobby Portis is the one that intrigues me the most because, okay, Giannis is out. So forget the small ball, you know, forget the Giannis at the five lineups. You know, Portis will play the four and the five in most combinations and the Marcus cousins is a low key is a low key. Like th- that helps Portis more than maybe the public might think. I mean, he, cousins has been directly coming into these games for Portis. So cousins being out and Giannis being out, I think if this game's close, we're going to see a ton of Portis. He hasn't cracked 30 minutes either. The last two games, uh, you know, his last, just looking at his log here, Dating back to Thanksgiving, right? He has one game over 30 minutes. He had a couple right at 30. But that addition of Cousins, just ha- Cousins playing that 10 to 13 minutes. I mean, you give, you, you give seven or eight of those to Portis, and we're talking smash because Portis' log has been pretty good per minute. We know he's a per minute guy. But now, you, you know, you get Giannis and Cousins out, and Portis, is he's 77 on FanDuel. I mean, he... His price is up there, so I think we're going to see some sticker shock on him, and I think people are going to prioritize Drew and and or Middleton. I think Portis could be a lower own key to this thing. I don't know what he is on DK. Is he around seventy seven? Seventy one hundred on DK. So oh, I'm I'm rolling him in. I'm rolling him For out. Sure. All yeah. formats now seventy seven on Fanduel. Like you have to think about it a little more, but I I think. Cousins out is a big deal I, for Portis. I do so. I think Portis is my favorite play on this team right now. I, he's it's close. I like yeah, Drew is eight K. Middleton seventy five. I'm not going to argue with anybody who 
who wants to be in on either one of them. You know, it is the Pacers, right? It's not like you're not getting the Rockets. You're not getting a huge pace up spot here. No pun intended. No pace up <laughs> spot with the Pacers. But, you know, it's a usage opportunity thing. So Drew's your, Drew is your preference over Middleton straight up? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and maybe Middleton doesn't play. Uh, you know, it's questionable. I, I really don't know. Pat Connaughton, 6K. No way am I going there. I'm fans all. Yeah, 5K on DraftKings. So I think you could take shots on that on DraftKings. But yeah, 6K is, is tough. Indie side of things, we've been playing this game all year, trying to figure out who it's going to be on a given on a given slate. I, I do like Indy more without Giannis. Sabonis so has been really good the last couple of games and playing Monster Minutes. I mean, he's he's scoring the basketball, too. He was going through this spurt where he was in the teens every game, but 30, 21, 24, 30. I mean, he's been on a complete heater. I think I said it on, on Crunch Time or something with you. These guys are having a chance to showcase themselves and get the hell out of Indy, and I think that actually adds a little narrative oomph into their game. So I, I do kind of like Sabonis quite a bit. What are your thoughts on Indy here? Yeah, Sabonis is is my favorite on the indie side as well. Um, I mean, especially on DraftKings, like you should should get the double bon- double double bonus, no problem. Um, yeah, just been really consistent here recently, mid thirties minutes, in, even into the upper thirties. Um, no Giannis in the interior. I I think this is a, a smash spot for Sabonis. Yeah, I mean his usage has been all over the place, but the last four games. 26, 15, 23, 26. So uh, good to see uh, three games in the mid to, to upper 20s there at a Sabonis. You know, Malcolm Brogdon's always in play at, at 7,500, you know, high floor, ton of minutes. If he gets a couple of garbage points, I mean, he'll have a really nice night. Miles Turner, uh, you know, always in the cards for large field GPPs playing mid to high thirties minutes, which he typically never does. So, you know, if he has a five or six block game, he has a chance to break a slate. Uh, he's tough to prioritize in small fields, but I definitely get the large field thing. And uh, Karis LeVert has been much better, you know, six K don't know if I can pay for him in that lineup, uh, but um, yeah, I think it's a bonus for me on Indy. Yeah, I agree. I, I just, I don't know. I have to, a, tough, a tough time getting to Brogdon for, for whatever reason. It, like, it feels like he smashes when I don't play him. And then if I, if I end up playing him, then he puts up a dud. So um, just a, a guy that's tough to figure out for me. Lavert is kind of in that same mold. Like I chased him all year long, waiting for him to do something and he didn't do it for a very long time. And now all of a sudden he's out there smashing every game. So um, now that the price is coming up, I'm probably not looking to get him in a ton. Um, Turner's fine, but more, a dart throw, looking for a ceiling. Um, definitely a volatile player. Uh, but yeah, Sab- Sabonis is my favorite by a good margin. I swear I'm not messing with you here. I swear. No, Dante, DiVincenzo, <laughs> Dante DiVincenzo just got ruled out. He didn't even play game this year. He's in health <laughs> and safety protocol. So I hope there's not more in this on this game too, but so if we know DiVincenzo's not playing whatsoever and there's no Giannis, if Middleton's out, I, I think you prioritize Grayson Allen, even though he hasn't been great. He's 4K on, on yep. FanDuel. So that's where my head's at right there. Yep, I'm, I'm with you. He'd be a jam for sure. 
All right. Well, we had two breaking news notifications since we've been recording. <laughs> Are we on crunch time or the morning grind? <laughs> <laughs> all we need is Roth and Devin and, and you know, right. and we got crunch time. Um, all right. Minnesota at Denver. Minnesota side of things. D'Angelo Russell is questionable. No surprise there. I think that's it on the Minnesota side of things right now. You know, tough matchup for them. Denver, obviously, you know, good defensively. Anthony Edwards has seen his price come down to 7,200. He just hasn't been great. I think that's interesting for a, from a price perspective. Other than that, if they're healthy, I just don't have a ton of interest on this team when everybody's in. It, it, if D'Angelo Russell's out, you know, I might go out of my way to take more cracks at Edwards at that price, 72, even though he hasn't been very good. Uh, but I, I'm okay on the rest of on the rest of the Timberwolves at their Fanduel prices. I'll pass. Yeah, um, Edwards is 8,300 on DraftKings, so a little bit tougher to, to pay there. Um, Cad is up at 10-2. I don't have in, any interest at that price. Um, tough matchup against Jokic. Uh, Vanderbilt is the one at 5,500, probably the guy I would take shots on. Um, but, yeah, just a tough matchup, not a, not a ton of interest. Even, even if Russell's out, I don't know that I want to play Patrick Beverly. Uh, 4,900 Beasley's never a fun roster either. So yeah, I mean, Vanderbilt, I think is the one value option I'd look to Um, Edwards. Don't love the price and I'm out on cat. Well, I'm in on Jokic. I don't care who's (laughs) in or who's out in this game. How good has he been Keith? Yeah. I mean, dude's just been amazing. Um, The price is continuing to rise uh, 12, two on DraftKings. But I mean, when he puts up, 70 DK points every night, you still got to play him, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> Ridiculous. There's going to be a ton of value, and he's going to be, like, he should be a cash game play. I, I mean, on FanDuel at 11-5, I, I just think you'll be able to, you can typically get to these studs on FanDuel, you know, regardless of whatever they are. Uh, I understand on DraftKings if, if you can't quite get there. But, listen, he's going to crush if Gordon or Barton miss, and it looks like Barton is probable, and Jokic would be in line to crush again. It looks like Gordon's probable too. I guess I'm just at the point where I don't care. It doesn't matter who's on the court around him. He's finding a way to get it done. Now, I did see a tweet that Minnesota's uh, active five, if D'Angelo Russell rolls out there, has a pretty sick net rating, and they're pretty good defensively. Uh, but, but again, I, I just don't think I care with how good Jokic has been. He's been the definition of matchup proof. It's been... It's been incredible what he has been doing. Um, yep. Where do you rank him in terms of studs on this slate? I mean, so we don't have Giannis, right? So basically it's Jokic, LeBron, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on in LA though. I guess we'll have to see <laughs> what exactly his situation is. Embiid, you know, Trey Young is the next stud on FanDuel. Anthony Davis, LaMelo. I, I think Jokic on FanDuel is the clear cut, is the clear cut de facto guy to go get. Yeah, among those guys, it's it's Jokic for sure. Um, I think he's going to be the cash game option. Um, Murray has a nice matchup that we haven't talked about, but uh, I don't know that I would want him as my sole spend up. So uh, I think I want Jokic in there for sure. Okay. So if Barton and Gordon are in, I, I if Barton plays, I... I have interest in Barton. He's 6K, playing a ton of minutes. I don't know if you know what his upside is. Is he going to get you 7X? 
It's been a while. It's been over a month since he's hit 7X at this price. But I think he has a high floor. So I think Barton is uh, the other nugget that I have any interest in other than Jokic. Uh, What are your thoughts on the rest of the crew in Denver here? Yeah, not a ton. It's pretty much Jokic or or nothing for me, I think. Um, Barton is 6,800 on DraftKings. Like, I'm with you. I I don't see much of a ceiling there. Uh, I'm not playing Aaron Gordon uh, if Barton is in there. Maybe if Barton sat, but even even Gordon's at 6,200 and never a fun guy to roster. Um, Don't think I would do it either way. Morris is is way priced up to 5,800. Definitely out on that. Um, and then I'm, I'm not interested in anything below that. So it's Jokic for me on Denver. That's the only one. All right. We can move on to Washington at Sacramento. And we got through another game where I didn't get another push notification. So <laughs> we'll see. We have a couple games left here. Kyle Kuzma is questionable. Bradley Beal down to 8,200. And <laughs> if there's any team I'm going to go back to him <laughs> against it, it's potentially Sacramento. So I, I I have mild interest in Bradley Beal, even though we haven't seen it this year. But pretty much the two teams you roster anybody against is Sacramento and Charlotte. So I have some interest in Bradley Beal. Uh, we'll see what happens with Kuzma. If Kuzma's in, I probably don't play Beal. Montrez Harrell's 5,200. Don't know what his minutes are going to be, but I think he's good for large field darts. You know, not go crazy. Maybe just sprinkle him in. Spencer Dinwiddie, like, I just thought he'd be playing more minutes. I thought he'd get a usage bump without Kuzma, and he's been absolutely horrible. He, 24 minutes and back-to-back games here, 5,100. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I can't go there. So the Wizards are, are, even though it's Sacramento, they're a tough they're a tough roster for me. Yeah, like, I haven't played much Washington all year, and that's worked out fine for the most part, but this is a very intriguing matchup. Um, I have a little bit of interest in Beal. I, I do. I'm with you. I want Kuzma out to play him for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm mildly interested even if Kuzma's in there just because of the matchup. I know it's, we haven't quite seen the, seen the same high usage Bradley Beal this season, um, but the matchup is great. So I'd, I'd have a little interest. Not, not playing Dinwiddie or even if Kuzma plays, not playing him. I do have a little interest in in the big guys. Harold, it's tough to figure out the minutes, but I don't mind taking some shots on him. Uh, he's seen some run, but it's it's just inconsistent. But if we could get him up in the in the upper twenties, I think he could pay off the price tag. Uh, Fifty one hundred also on draft on DraftKings. Um, slight interest in Gafford as well at forty eight hundred. Another guy that's his minutes are kind of all over the place, low twenties to high twenties, um, but has, has paid off this price tag several times this season. Don't, don't mind some shots on him that this Kings rotation that we're going to talk about in a minute is, has been really difficult to figure out all season long. Um, so I think it's a spot to attack. Washington isn't my favorite team to, to utilize in DFS, but it's a great matchup and and I'll probably take some shots on him. Agreed. And, and they've just been getting dumped on by centers. So I think Gafford yep. is super interesting. He has three 40 point games on his log. He did it once in 26 minutes against Minnesota. He did it once against Oklahoma city in 26 minutes. And he did it once against Charlotte in 24 minutes. And what do those teams have in common? They're not very good. So he's playing another team in Sacramento. Who's 
not very good. <laughs> and he has a chance to capitalize. So I do like Gafford for tournaments. Now my play him in small field stuff. I don't know. I don't, maybe, you know, maybe, but most likely just a larger field look for me, but that's a guy who probably come in minimally owned 56 on FanDuel center only. He's not going to garner any ownership at 56 center only now, at least on DK of a utility slot. So you can, you know, kind of you know, look at another center that you like cough, cough, Jokic. Um, so yeah, that, that's interesting. I'm with you. Great matchup for Washington. They're playing really slow this year. It's, it's been tough sledding. Now that's being said, although they are playing slow, they are not even half of the defensive team. They were the first month and a half of the season. They're now 19th in defensive efficiency. So we can throw the wizards are good at defense thing right out the window. That, that must've been a small sample size. So the rotation though, I mean, there's been a changing of the guard. Get rid of Luke Walton. Yay. But you know, things are still up in the air. Uh, Darren Fox has been pretty good since Luke, Luke Walton got canned. You know, two two back-to-back not so very good games. Although the Cleveland game was a blowout, so I'm willing to get rid of it. So I have some interest in De'Aaron Fox. Rashawn Holmes is doubtful. It, it, it's tough to figure out Fox, Halliburton, Buddy Heal. Like at least Heal's coming off the bench now. Halliburton's getting the run. I, I don't I have 69 on FanDuel for Halliburton. I don't ever really want to pay unless other usage guys or ball handlers are out. So. I'm not interested in Halliburton. I like Fox. Harrison Barnes has been brutal since he's came back, but he's 5,500, but he hasn't played 30 minutes since he's came back. Buddy Heald and Terrence Davis, they keep cutting into each other with their playing time, and who knows what Gentry's going to do. Terrence Davis was on a nice little stretch of uh, good minutes and good production, and he plays 17 in back-to-back games. It's hard to trust anyone outside of De'Aaron Fox or – Marvin Bagley are the two two gentlemen that seem to have roles on this Kings team right now, Keith. I know you want to talk about this dumpster of a rotation. So uh, how are you attacking it? Yeah, it's it's a difficult one to figure out. Um, Halliburton, I will note, is uh, just 6K on DraftKings, so I do have interest in, in Halliburton. Um, he's, he had a really good run there, and then he kind of fell off, but he was seeing – mid to upper thirties minutes for a while. And then the last two games, he's been mid twenties. So it's just Gentry continuing to mess with the rotation and throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks, Buddy healed another guy who was seeing very minimal run. And now all of a sudden he's playing nearly 30 minutes. So he's been good in two of his last three games. Um, he's 5,200 on DraftKings. It's a hard rotation to figure out, but I think like, you have to take some shots. There, there's some guys that are going to be in play here. For me, Halliburton would be the top guy. Uh, and I do have some interest in Bagley, 4,500 on DraftKings. Um, and a guy that seems to have entered the rotation. And how, who knows if that lasts. But um, if I think you want to pay attention. If he's in the starting lineup, I'll, I'll roll out a ton of Bagley. It's a late game, so we may not have that information by the time we need it. But we ought to be able to adjust our lineup somewhat once those lineups do come out. So um, Halliburton and Bagley for me, Fox is a fine upside tournament play. Probably out on Harrison Barnes for now until he shows something closer to what he was doing towards the beginning of the season. Um, and then just some flyers on healed maybe, but don't, don't not excited about that one. Yeah. I like Bagley 0.91 FanDuel points per minute this season so far. 
Bagley's dad gets involved. Luke Walton gets fired. Bagley plays. Odell Beckham's dad gets involved. Odell Beckham gets to change teams and gets to be productive. So, uh, hey, golf clap for the dads getting involved. Really good highlight reel Odell Beckham's dad put together about how bad Baker Mayfield allegedly has been getting him the ball too. So I don't know. Is there a Marvin Bagley highlight YouTube video we missed? I'd love to see it. If, if there was, maybe that was the the final straw to get Luke Walton out of town. I, I don't know, uh, but Bagley's been pretty good. And the, like, I'm actually shocked to see his usage rate so low 16% because he's typically a usage guy when he's on the court. It just, he's been so productive when he's been in the last, you know, 10 days. He made me some money on that Charlotte track meet on the 10th. Um, wasn't great against Cleveland and then had another nice game against Toronto in 26 minutes. And the Cleveland game was a blowout and he played 22 minutes. He played 27 against Charlotte and 26 against Toronto. So maybe we're going to see, tw- you know, if it's a competitive game, we should see at least 25 minutes out of Bagley, you know, 26, 27. So uh, I'm interested in Bagley, but just a handful of these Kings, Fox, Bagley, and I, I guess that's probably it. I'm, I'm also going to take a wait and see with Harrison Barnes for now. Anything else? Nope. I think that covers that one. Hey, do we skip uh, Charlotte San Antonio? Yep. I we sure did. <laughs> that's, that's an important one. We should probably cover that one. Yeah, maybe, maybe we should cover that one. <laughs> They've been the, uh, they spearheaded the whole, wow, we have a bunch of guys out for COVID thing. We're not playing the blame game here, but Charlotte started it. Charlotte started it, you know, nah, I'm just kidding. But Lamella ball is not coming back. So still no Lamello. Rozier's up to 7,800. That's a tough ask. I'm not paying 78 for Rozier. Cause you still have Gordon Hayward. You still have Kelly Oubre. PJ Washington appears to be uh, ready to go. 6,200. I don't think I can pay any of these guys, pay for any of these guys. The only one I would consider paying for is Cody Martin at 5,100, although Rozier's usage really kind of, for lack of a better term, screws Cody Martin a little bit here. Um, But he's still going to play mega minutes. Ish Smith is still out. I I, I just, the Spurs, to me, I, I don't have good fortune when I target players against the Spurs. For whatever reason, I, I just don't. Um, what are your thoughts here? Are the prices any different on DraftKings and FanDuel? Um, not seeing anything terribly different. Martin is much more expensive. Um, he's 6,400, definitely out at that price. Um, yeah, Rozier coming back kind of mucks things up for, for the Charlotte side of this. I do still have interest in Uber. I, I can't believe I'm saying that at, at 8,200, but the dude <laughs> has just been amazing. <laughs> um, I mean, he's shown a ceiling over 50 points. So, I mean, 8,200, I, did, I didn't think he would ever be in play at that price tag. Um, but with the usage that he's seen, the the insane amount of minutes he's been playing, now you're probably not going to get the 40-plus the when they were super shorthanded. Um, but he's he's still going to be 35 to upper 30 somewhere, uh, which is totally fine. Um, I, Rozier being back helps bridges a little bit, but I still don't know that I have a ton of interest. Um, just like bridges, isn't a guy that that'll create his own shot. So having somebody at the point who can distribute helps him, but I still don't love that price on him. Um, Hey, Hayward and Rozier, I'm, I'm probably out at those prices too. So really, I mean, Uber is probably the only one 
I have a ton of interest in PJ Washington at 6,000. So yeah, I, I, I like Ubre too. Don't mind it. The Spurs, while they're league average and defensive efficiency, they play fairly fast or top third in the league in pace. So could be a quicker game. So I, I like Ubre, not my favorite, but I don't mind 75 for Ubre. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a big total here in this game. Both teams play fast. Charlotte has been the worst team in the league on, on defense. So I, I think we see a pretty good, pretty good total on this one. We, we might have a get right spot for DeJounte Murray here. 9,300 on FanDuel. Talk to me about Murray, Keith. Yeah, he's 10 3 on DraftKings, a little bit pricier. Um, but yeah, he, he, he had a couple of rough games there. He did post a nice one against the Pelicans his last time out. Um, I mean, I, I think he's definitely big time in play. Like Charlotte is one of the best matchups in basketball, if not the best. Um, they play really fast, they're terrible on defense. Uh, they've got guys coming back from COVID now. So who knows what kind of conditioning they're going to be in. Um, I, I think this is a smash spot for DeJounte. I agree. I really like the price on FanDuel too. And he's played some rugged defenses outside of New Orleans. He still had a triple-double, but only had 10 real points. You know, if he scores 20, he goes for 57. You know, he had Denver twice. New York, slow and steady. Phoenix, slow and good defense. Golden State, one of the best defensive, one of the best defenses in the league. Although they play fast, he almost went for fifty. So you know the schedule's been tough lately, but you know he has sixty point upside. And you're right, Charlotte might be the best defense to attack in the league. So I'm with you, Dejounte Murray. Derek White's overpriced. He will be. He went for 60 against New Orleans. That's just <laughs> disgusting. But I still think he'll be sub 10, you know, he'll be 8 to 10% owned at most, I think, on FanDuel 82. Four steals and a block. Good old steals and blocks, but great line 24, 8, 9 against New Orleans. But other than that, I look at his log and he hasn't hit six times value. I don't think at all this season at 8,200. So I, I think he's appropriate. I think like, he's a little overpriced, but it's fine. I, I can't chase that 60 bomb against New Orleans, so I'm going right back to DeJounte. Although he would, he'll make for a great pivot. I mean, it's Charlotte we're talking about here, Keith, right? So I could see Derek White for large field stuff, but other, I'm not playing him in smaller field stuff. Yeah, uh, he's 7,200 on DraftKings, a, l- a little more palatable. Um, but even that is a higher price than we're used to paying for Derek White. Um, but he's kind of in that Ubre conversation. It isn't like – not a price we're used to seeing on these guys, but they, they've been paying it off all year. Um, Murray DeJounte is kind of in that same conversation. Like I remember as he started to creep up into the nine Ks, it's like, man, DeJounte Murray keeps getting more expensive, but he keeps paying it off. I mean, I guess I'd put Derek white in that conversation now. So I, I do have some interest at, because of the matchup. Um, if it was a, a different matchup, I would be completely out, but I think, I think he's fine um, with this matchup at that price tag. Pirtle is at 7K, and I don't know if I love that that price. Another guy that absolutely smashed in the, in the last matchup. Probably out on him in this one, though. Keldon Johnson is the guy I would look to, 5,600. Um, saw almost 30 minutes in the last game. Not a massive ceiling on him, but I do like that price tag on Kelvin. I do like – I like DeJounte a lot. I mean, the last four weeks he's played almost 450 minutes, 26% usage, averaging 47 FanDuel points per 36, averaging. And now he gets the worst defense in the league. So 
you know, I, I think you're looking at 50 plus for Murray on FanDuel, you know, and I think there's an outside chance Derek White can how many can you stack these guards and like just because it's Charlotte, can you play these guys together in any realm, Keith? Is there an outcome? White and Murray, you mean? Yeah. I don't think I would play them together. It, I mean, it's Charlotte. We've seen them give up a monster amount of points. Who The Kings, I believe it was, was that game that just put up, I don't know what the, the total end up. They put it put up like 240 points or something like that. Probably over, it was over that. It was an insane amount of points. You would need a game like that. And I, it, it could happen, but I'm not going to build lineups based on it. Both are, are very priced up. I'll probably limit it to one of them. Yeah, that that's fair. Uh, like Murray a lot, he is he's up there with Jokic on top plays of the slate for me. I think. Well, I think you mentioned him earlier. Is that kind of where your head's at too? Yeah, yeah. He was the other guy that that I was looking at for sure. Big discrepancy between DK and Fanduel. I feel like I'm stealing getting him at 93 on Fanduel, right? Yeah, like that Fanduel like... price is very attractive. Yeah. Um, a little bit tougher on DraftKings at 10-3, but I'm I'm still very interested. I mean, we've seen big ceiling out of this guy all season. Just saw a tweet from uh, Underdog NBA, the the handle on Twitter. There's 33 players in health and safety protocols right now. Will we get 34 before I'm off this podcast? <laughs> two more games here. So I, I think it, the odds are probably like plus 150, but there's a chance. <laughs> Let's go on to Memphis and Portland. The Blazers are on the second leg of a back-to-back. Both teams are dealing with a handful of injuries. It's been like this all season. McCollum is still out for Portland. And who knows, with them being on a second leg, we might get uh, some rest days for for some of these guys here. Uh, Damian Lillard, 8,700. Got to love that in this game. Talk about a guy whose price is warranted, but like historically it just seems way too low. Like Typically, no CJ McCollum. We're running to Damian Lillard. Came back after that five-game absence and – Played 36 minutes like it was nothing. 24-11 and 6, no steals, no blocks. He was fine against Minnesota. So you can make some bills with Lillard and and Murray together on FanDuel at 93 and 87. Find a little value, play a little balanced, a little balanced action here. Not sure what you can do with uh with Jokic. Let me, let me plug that in here. Now I'm super curious to see if I plug in Murray, Lillard, and Jokic. It gives a 5K for slot. You need some serious value to open up, but, you know, I don't mind starting a tournament build with Lillard, Murray, and, and Jokic, man. That's That sounds pretty good to me. 87 for Dame is way too cheap. What is he on DK? He's much pricier on DK, 9,900. Yeah, so two discrepancies, two guards. We, I, I'd imagine for FanDuel, you're very interested in, in Lillard as well. Yeah, on, on FanDuel, I definitely have an interest. Uh, tough to get there on, on DraftKings. It is a good matchup. Uh, Memphis has played better defense lately. Um, they, they were playing awful defense to start the season. Um, John Morant being out might have a little to do with that, and Dylan Brooks has has played great as usual on the defensive end. Uh, he missed some time. but So Memphis isn't as good of a matchup as they were looking like early in the season, but still a fine matchup. I, I'm not terribly scared of them. Um, so I, I'll take some tournament shots, even even if he if, is a little bit more pricey on DK. Yeah, Nurkic, fifty nine hundred minutes all over the place, but you know we know what his upside is. So I think Nurkic is an interesting tournament option. 
We'll have to see who gets ruled out, if anybody sticks in the starting lineup or not. Larry Nance started again on Tuesday night, and he's 5,400 on Wednesday. So uh, I have the most interest in Lillard, a little bit of interest in Nurkic. Uh, what about on your side of things? Anybody else in Portland? Yeah, Nurkic up at 7,800 on DraftKings. I'm out on that price. Mm-hmm. Um, Norm Powell at 6,500 doesn't feel great either. Like the Blazers, Blazers seem to be much more priced up on DraftKings than they are on FanDuel. So I don't have as much interest. Um, I, I know. I You know, Powell's 57, which is much friendlier. But now with Nance in the card, you have Nance starting, you have Simons back. Simons is an underrated usage hog on this team. I know McCollum's out, but Simons playing kind of hurts everybody else. You have Powell, you have Nance, you have Rocco off the bench. So, and Nasir Little's been starting and he's 4,200 and Ben Mackle. So you have all these wings, Ben Macklemore that are just getting burned. And it's kind of like Phoenix. They just have this collection of wing players who there's just not enough minutes and usage for all of them to, to do well that I don't even know how interested I am in Norman Powell at 5,700 with Simon's back and Nance starting and, and Dame back. It's, it's tough now. Yeah. I just, the pricing it with, like you said, Simon's missed some time. So I guess that's where they got their price bumps. Um, yeah, not, not a ton of interest. Simon's is 5,400. I, I don't mind taking some shots on that. He would probably be the one guy outside of the Lord I have interest in. Okay. Memphis, uh, Jaron Jackson, we know what his story is. They're either involved in blowouts or he's, you know, he, I say this every podcast and that I'm on, he averages almost six fouls per 36 minutes. So he's, Always a nightmare to roster, but 6,400, you know, massive usage bump without Moran. And he's had more good games than bad games without Ja. 26 minutes against Philly in the blowout, played really well at 36 fans points. I'm waiting for this 50 bomb. It hasn't came yet. Eventually, he's going to drop a 50 burger. If this guy stays out of foul trouble in any game and plays, you know, 33, 34 minutes, he has that serious upside. So, I like Jaron Jackson at 64. Desmond Bain, we, you know, we've been hammering his props and scores and odds for the most part, and he's been a printing press this season. I don't know what his upside is at 64. As much as I, you know, like most of his scoring props when they open, he is scoring dependent. Even Dylan Brooks just hasn't been great. Finally, a really good game in 27 minutes against Philly. But he's a guy, I don't know, 6,200, I'm... I'm kind of indifferent with the emergence of Bain and Tyus Jones getting minutes. It's a little tougher for me to go right to Dylan Brooks. So I think for me, I, I like Jaron Jackson Jr. And um, I wouldn't say I'm going to prioritize him right now at, at you know midnight on the East Coast, but I'm thinking about it. Uh, what are your thoughts on Memphis? Yeah, Jackson priced at seventy two hundred on DraftKings. Still fine with that. I, you talked about the upside. Like there's there's a monster game coming in here at some point. Uh, I'm going to keep chasing that. Um, I Dylan Brooks is another guy I keep chasing as well. Like the usage looks really good. Um, he's not afraid to shoot the ball. We've known known that. Um, sixty four hundred on DraftKings. I don't mind that at all. I, I'm going to have a couple of these Memphis guys as a heavy part of my pool, um, just a good matchup against Portland. It's a, it's a spot I want to target. Um, Bain and Jones are both priced up a little bit. Um, Bain particularly I have interest in 6,300. Um, Tyus Jones at 61 is a little more difficult for me. Uh, I think I'd rather take, take shots on Bain. Yeah, that, that's about it. I'm, I'm probably not 
chasing uh, Kyle Anderson and Stephen Adams, even Melton. Um, so yeah, Jackson, Jackson at the top for sure. Very interested in Brooks and Bain as well. And then slight interest in, in Jones. We wouldn't have an NBA podcast if we didn't talk about someone being a game time decision on the Clippers. So it's Paul George. If there's any caveat that they're playing Utah, who typically the DFS community doesn't like to target because it's not typically profitable to target Utah. However, Paul George, questionable, 8,900. Marcus Morris, 5,900 on FanDuel, even with Paul George out. I'm not paying almost 6K for him against Utah. Reggie Jackson just hasn't been as good as he was in the beginning of the season. 5,900. I don't hate it against Utah, but I'm probably not going there. And even Kennard and Terrence Mann are in the mid-fives on FanDuel. Oh, I, I just find myself not having a ton of interest in any of these Clippers, even if Paul George is out. And Nick Batum's also questionable. But this, I just might stay away from this one. I I guess if Batum's out, right, and Ibaka's out, I'm just trying to talk my way through this. I was going to say Isaiah Hartenstein, but at 5,300, I think I'd find better things to do. Yeah, I mean, Morris played really well in the – in the last game, um, but that his price has come up. It's 5,400 on DraftKings. I don't know if you said what it was on FanDuel. Yeah, he's 59. Yeah, yeah a little. Okay. Um, yeah, if, if George is out, that's the only way I'm touching this team on, on DraftKings for sure. George is priced up at 10.5. No interest in that with this matchup against Utah. Um, so I need him out to even look at these Clippers guys. I think Reggie Jackson would be the only one I'm – I'm interested in 6,800 on DraftKings should have a, a good deal of usage if George misses, but if George is in, I'm, I'm avoiding them altogether. Yeah. Reggie has a 31% usage over six hundred and sixty six minutes with out Paul George this season, but tough matchup, tougher price on Reggie. I'm out. I think I'm out on the Clippers for the most yep. part. I mean, if I have a couple shares, if I decide to multi-entry, then then fine, but I'm not prioritizing anybody on the Clippers. What about on the Jazz side of the ball, Keith? Rudy Gobert, 91 on FanDuel. Mike Conley, 62. Another team where when everybody's healthy, it's just difficult to target anybody except Donovan Mitchell. So I don't know. That's kind of where my head's at. I don't mind 83 for Mitchell at all. If the game's close, you know, I like that price for him a lot. But if he only plays like 30 minutes, you know, he kind of needs 36, 37 plus to have that ceiling game. So I'm not going to have a lot of exposure from this game right now. Now, when dinner time rolls around and the East Coast tomorrow and player XYZ are in health and safety protocols, that could change. <laughs> but as of right now, it's it's mostly a pass for me. What about you? Yeah, I'm with you. And if, if George is out, I'd be very concerned about the blowout here. Um Mitchell is my favorite tournament play. Um, I'd sprinkled uh, Gobert a little bit too. Outside of that, I definitely don't have interest. Um, but I, to play Mitchell and Gobert, I, I think you need Paul George to play. Uh, otherwise, I'd be very concerned about the blowout. I, I agree with you. I just don't have a ton of interest here. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Large pass for me. I guess in review right now, in case you fast forwarded through some of this, Jokic, incredible play. DeJounte Murray, underpriced on FanDuel, a 93. 
Look out for the Milwaukee value. Giannis is already out. Chris Middleton's questionable. DiVincenzo is not going to make his debut. So there's some interest there. The Lakers situation it became a mess while we were recording. Malik Monk's in protocol. Dwight Howard's in protocol. Got to keep an eye on Anthony Davis, who's questionable. LeBron could be in a sick role. The Dallas guys are priced up a little bit. Shai Gilders Alexander gets a usage increase for OKC without Lou Dort. For what it's worth, so does Josh Giddy, but he's really expensive on DraftKings. Uh, D'Angelo Russell's questionable. Sacramento, Rashawn Holmes is doubtful. Marvin Bagley is still well in play. And, of course, with Miami, Jimmy Butler, Bam are out. Tyler Hero, questionable, is a big one to see how much Kyle Lowry you're going to have interest in. Of course, Joel Embiid is a game-time decision, but my best bet is he plays too. And I think I hit most of the big-time stuff there. Uh, did I miss anything off that was integral, Keith? No, that was impressive. Very well done. Nice little rundown. Um, Christian Wood is the other big one, I think. Ah, that, yes. That, but yes, I mean, you covered a, a ton of stuff there. Very, very well done. <laughs> hey, I'm good at something, man. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good in, in 30 seconds spurts, buddy. You know, that's about it. But uh, yeah, Jay Sean Tate is uh, is interesting for sure. I know we talked about him earlier in the podcast. I, I, I think he's good regardless. But if Christian Wood sits, we agree. Uh, prioritize some Jay Sean Tate on Wednesday. All right, Iceman. Is that it? Are we heading out of here? (laughs) Yeah, it's a a monster slate. Obviously, there's going to be a a ton of news, I'm sure, that that drops between um, when this gets released and and when we're actually when we're building our lineups for the slate. But um, just got to roll with roll with the punches as they come in and figure out the best way to attack it as, as we get the news. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us. We'll get this up early in the morning, so hopefully you have at least a little concrete base and understanding of of what the hell's going on on Wednesday. And who knows, it's going to be a wild ride. And thank God FanDuel brought back late swap. Remember those days a couple years ago where they said, yeah, we're going to just do this year without any late swap. That was terrible. So complete necessity in this day and age. So, hey, what's your take on the SGP thing where DraftKings says – if you have a player that doesn't play in your same game parlay, you just lose. What are your What are your thoughts on that, Keith? Did you see that? Yeah, I, I did see that floating around on Twitter. I, I was traveling today, so I've been a little bit out of pocket. I, I didn't have much time to to dive into it, but I I did see some tweets about it. Um, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I I believe Fanduel is the one. Um, they just they they drop it down. They you lose a leg, so you lose some of the odds, which makes complete sense. Uh, but they still pay it out if you hit the rest of the legs. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I had one with yeah. Harden in it tonight and they adjusted my odds and I cashed the ticket. And of course, I didn't win as much, but that's fine with me. But just beware if you're same game parlaying on DraftKings and, you know, you get someone scratched because they're in health and safety protocols. You might have a different outcome to your bet than your friend that's on FanDuel. So just thought I'd throw that in there, you know, be careful where you're spending your money. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the FanDuel is definitely the correct way to handle that for sure. Cool. All right, Keith. Well, thanks so much for joining me. Let's head on out of here. Great podcast as usual for Keith Eister. I'm Justin Carlucci. Good luck, everybody. <laughs>